Hello and welcome to Learning to Live the Life, the podcast from Christchurch Downend, which is the Church of England Church in Bristol Diocese. I'm the Reverend Aidan Watson and in each of our episodes we look at something to do with Christian discipleship, hopefully helping you in your own journey with Jesus. Today we're going to be doing a discussion around a topic that we're looking at as a sermon series at the moment called Honest Questions. And we're going to be asking, is it okay to question God? Is it okay to doubt God? And I really hope that our discussion and the interview we have with a lady called Rosie will bless you. But before we get into that, just a reminder, please do subscribe to the podcast if you're listening to it. Maybe like or subscribe to our YouTube channel as well. But most of all, please share it with people you know, uh, maybe people in church, maybe people beyond church, uh, because we really like it to be uh, as used as a resource by as many people as possible. Uh, but for now, let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome to Learning to Live the Life, the podcast from Christchurch Downend. Welcome to episode nine of our podcast. I'm here again with Anita Dobson. Hi. Hi, Anita. You right? I'm okay, yeah. Yeah, what's going on in life at the moment? Um, yeah, I've been away for a few days, which is unusual in lockdown. Um, I was helping my mum-in-law move and uh, she needed help. So we, we've we been uh, moving from Norfolk to Oxfordshire. So busy few days, but uh, just uh, recovering now and getting back to normal life. Probably stress-free, no hassle at all, was it? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like every house move. <laughs> yeah. Having moved for house, what we worked, I think it's five times in our first five years of being married, I... I'm not a fan of moving house. Uh, mm, more no. practice doesn't make it easier. <laughs> no, no. It's not as stressful as emigrating. I mean, I've done that as well. That, that's particularly exciting for somebody who likes making lists. <laughs> anyway, today we're, um, we're doing an episode looking at honest questions. And we're doing a sermon series uh, at church at the moment that we're calling Honest Questions. And today, um, Anita and I were chatting and we thought we would do an episode kind of around this theme to accompany the series. But asking the kind of question, is it okay to question God? Is it okay to doubt God? And kind of have a discussion around this. Uh, and we're going to be having an interview later. Anita met up with a friend of hers, who, which we'll talk about in a bit, uh, kind of to share a testimony and a story around this kind of thing. But to start with, should we just talk about the series? You know, we're a couple of weeks in as we record this. Um, Anita, how have you found the series and what, what was, can you just, you know, tell people listening about what was the thinking behind us doing this series on honest questions? Yeah, I think the, the idea was that, you know, we have honest questions at the moment and that perhaps people are more confident about airing them at the moment or more desperate or something. Um, and it seemed like the right thing to do as a church to really grapple with some of these things. I think there was quite a lot of sort of anecdotal evidence about people saying, you know, people in my home group or whatever are, you know, really, really wrestling with these things. And there was a feeling that people perhaps are more open and honest about, you know, wanting to delve into things. So, yeah, so we thought we would do it. So I think we did a little survey. You did a little survey to get some questions, see what, what kind of questions people are grappling with at the moment and then uh, made it into a series. So I think it's, yeah, already really sparking discussion and, you know, raising people's interest. Yeah, we had we had a, a, a variety of um, things that came in. And for those people who have just listened to the first two sermons, like we, you know, where we are, 
as we record this, if you listen to the first two sermons that were on suffering, that reflects that the majority of the questions we got in kind of had suffering in there somewhere or other. But we did have a variety of questions. And uh, when we when we have our discussion today, we're not going to just talk about suffering again. Um, we're kind of broadening the scope about questioning in general. You know, thinking about, is it okay to doubt and question God? Why do we do it? You know, the reality is we're, we're pretty clear and we'll start, we'll start the very, very clearly. It is okay to question God. It is okay to doubt him. Um, but now we'll kind of talk about the reasons why and, you know, some stuff around that. So these questions are often, you know, the, the ones that people are ans- asking are kind of elephants in the room uh, often. And if they don't get addressed, uh, then that can be concerning. So hopefully this series and this podcast will help people. Um, we'll get into our interview now. And um, Anita, you met up with a friend of yours called Rosie Button, I believe. Um, mm-hmm. Why why did you think Rosie would be a good person to speak to? Um, well, first of all, it was a good idea, a good uh, excuse for me to have a Zoom with Rosie and catch up with her. <laughs> um, no, but I thought of somebody who had come through a time of suffering, who had faith, um, so somebody who was within the church and, and had faith, but um, I suppose a disciple who was grappling with faith, but did it with God rather than sort of turning their back on God and saying, well, you know, you're not coming through for me, therefore I'll, I'll give up on faith. She battled through it with him. And uh, so I thought that might be quite an interesting story. Because I think I got the impression from the, the questions people were asking us that that's where most people in the church are at. It's not that they want to give up on God, but they're just really confused and and uh, you know not sure how to deal with it. Brilliant. So we'll get into that interview now and hopefully you'll find it really helpful. So, hi, I'm interviewing my very good friend Rosie this morning um, about the issue of um, uh, suffering and doubting and uh, wondering where God is in difficult situations. So, hi, Rosie. Hi, Anita. It's so good to see you. Rosie and I go back a, a long way. We uh, we were in Zimbabwe together for a few years, so uh, very good friendships formed there. So, Rosie, tell us a little bit about yourself. So, um, I'm Rosie Button. I live in Gloucester at the moment. Um, I'm married to Dan, who's American. Um, And we have two children who are Abby and Alex, who are aged um, 20 and 19, and both at home with us at the moment, which is all good fun. Um, Yeah, so as Anita mentioned, we first got to know Chris and Anita back in uh, 1997, 98? Mm, 97, probably, yeah. Yeah, in Zimbabwe. We were there as mission partners with Crosslinks. And um, we were there for quite a few years and then moved to Uganda after that. And we were missionaries in Uganda for eight years um, and then moved back to England in 2011 um, and teach at Redcliffe College. Um, actually, Redcliffe is just merging now with All Nations. So I'm actually now on staff at All Nations Christian College teaching mission. And you were a student there once, weren't you? Yes, in fact, I did my MA at All Nations and that's where Dan and I met. So it's got very happy memories for me anyhow. And it's lovely to be there now. Yeah, well, that's really nice. It's sort of come full circle, isn't it? Yeah, Brilliant. definitely. Definitely. It's like coming back home in some ways. It's very nice. Yeah. So on a scale of one to ten, what's lockdown like at the moment for you? Oh, it's quite good. I mean, I, I feel so blessed, really. I'd say definitely seven or eight. I mean, I just yeah. know we're so fortunate compared to many that we're 
Mm. All four of us at home, we have a dog, so we go out walking in the countryside, not far from home, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we're enjoying being together and I'm still working. So, mm. you know, I, I, I know I have a lot to be thankful for and I'm just praying a lot for our, you know, single friends and people who, who've got much mm. harder situations. Yeah, yeah, your gorgeous dog Frodo. Quick shout out to Frodo. We may hear him during the podcast. Who knows? You might hear him. If the doorbell rings or even someone walks up the stairs, he'll probably bark. So sorry. (laughs) (laughs) No, that's all part of the fun. So uh, because we're we're having this series called Honest Questions and uh, times when we question God or we, you know, we struggle with something. So I was just wondering whether you could tell us a little bit about a time when you, um, you know, sort of struggled with a lot of stress in life. Yeah. Yeah. So um, as I mentioned, um, I was overseas with my family as a mission partner for really for a long time from when I was age 24 till 45 or something like that. So for years and years. And then when we moved back um, to England in 2011, I had a really hard time with re-entry, with moving back. Um, It's commonly known to be a difficult thing for people to go through anyway. Um, But for me, because I mentioned my husband's American and my children had never lived in England, we'd only been over for visits and holidays and things. Mm. When we moved back, I think I very much felt like it was all on me to um, make this new life work. And, um, and, you know, we moved back to Gloucester on the strength of a verbal offer of a job for Dan. So, and we knew that our missionary support which we'd been living on for years and years was going to sort of be cut off at the end of December you know there was a hard deadline at which we would stop receiving report uh, support sorry and um and this job of Dan's wasn't you know um wasn't definite it was just a verbal offer at that point and um so I had to get a job we had to get the children into schools and you know, we had to get a house and car and like everything literally was going to be starting from scratch. And um, I just became very, very anxious about the, you know, all these things and this great long list of things that we had to figure out and what were we going to live on? And I think that was sort of the underlying fear was, mm. you know, what were we going to live on? And um, so we moved back. I was already exhausted anyhow from sort of, you know, that years of that sort of life. And so, um, yeah, when we moved back, even though things did begin to gradually fall into place for things like a home and a car and all those things, and we got the children into school, so that it was very traumatic. But, you know, those things did begin to work out. This um, anxiety that had built in me just grew and grew to a point where I started waking up in the morning and having physical panic attacks, you know, daily. And it was absolutely horrible, awful time. So yeah, that was just a a buildup of a lot of stress, I think. And once Mm -hmm. things began to resolve, the physical, you know, reaction happened. And I was, I was quite poorly for quite a while. Mm. What do you think were the most difficult aspects for you? I think the, there was a lot of things going around in my head about it you know a a very difficult part was I felt like I was you know our children then were aged nine and eleven and I was supposed to be the one sorting them out and supporting them and helping them but I was the one actually falling apart so I think it was that feeling of responsibility and failing um but um I think the underlying issue for me was the whole thing about security Mm. that um you know 
living on as a missionary on support you're so thankful and grateful for the people who support you and pray for you um but I suppose I'd sort of thought when we moved back to England and got jobs and were on salaries you know that whole feeling of insecurity would would go away but actually it became far far worse because we you know getting a job is obviously as everyone knows is quite difficult so um I think that whole financial security and and uncertainty and how are we going to cope with, was sort of the, the main thing that was weighing on me really. Yeah, yeah. And what effect did that have on your faith? I mean, you've, you've been a Christian all your life, would you say, or um, certainly grew up in a Christian home yeah. sort of? Yeah, 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 definitely. I, I grew up in a Christian home and became a Christian sort of in my teen years. Um, yeah, so I think in a way that meant, you know, I did have that foundation that I didn't actually begin to doubt that God existed or, you know, that he was there or anything like that. So I wouldn't say I had doubts in my actual faith, mm. but I definitely um, went through a time of feeling quite angry with God because I think I felt, you know, we'd um, sort of done our bit, you know, I mean, it sounds <laughs> a bit ridiculous really, but, you know, we'd been overseas serving God and all of that and um, mm. now we'd move back and why wasn't he just making everything easy for us mm. so mm. I felt quite um, resentful towards him and I felt like um, saying you know God I've been trusting you for our finances for years and years and mm. why don't you ever make it easy why? give me a break <laughs> yeah yeah and, yeah and you know why is it that being on the mission field was fantastic moving back home is the hardest part why is mm. that so I think and I how felt, did you express that um, anger uh, or that resentment to him? Did you express it to him, do you think, or to anybody else? Or? Yeah, no, I, I did. I mean, I, I think that's one thing that I've, I've definitely learned from, you know, reading the Psalms and so on, is that, um, you know, we can tell God exactly how we feel. I, so I didn't have any problem with ranting to God in my sort of prayer life about how... Um, you know about how I felt and all of that so that was um that was fine I mean prayer was definitely a lifeline for me and um you know one friend who um had also themselves they'd been missionaries and come back when she saw that I was struggling and not myself at all um offered to pray with me weekly and that was it was like being thrown a a life boy you know out of the mm. boat just that to be and that offer of prayer was just wonderful and so um praying with her was very very helpful mm -hmm. and how how did god sort of lead you through it how did you sort of come come through to a, a a gentler time yeah so i mean i think i guess i should mention that um when i got the, the panic attacks very badly i did go to a gp and i was put on medication and I went and I had some counselling and I would say that was a really important part of my recovery was mm. you know, taking those steps as yeah. well. Um, but that, yeah, this offer of this friend praying with me, I think that was just purely, you know, that was God providing for me, someone that I could just talk to really openly and honestly and and know mm. that it was going to be a regular thing. Mm. Um, also, because I was waking up in the mornings feeling very anxious, I somebody suggested and I prayed that God, you know, when I woke up, that God would put something on my mind mm. as soon as I woke up that I could then cling on to rather than the anxious thoughts starting to go round and round and round. Mm. And um, so I did pray. 
that I'd wake up in the morning with a song or a verse in my mind. Mm. And, um, and that did happen. I mean, not every day, but, um, you know, sometimes. And one in particular was um, a verse from Exodus that um, the Lord is my strength and my shield. And that verse to me, it was so comforting because it, you know, God being my strength made me think, yes, he, he's my strength for this coming day this, that I can get up and have do this day that, you know, I wasn't really feeling like. So he was my strength and my shield. So being my shield is like he was there to protect me from the things that I was worried about. Mm. So, yeah, praying and getting those verses in my head in the mornings was was really helpful. Another thing that happened was um, talking with somebody, a pastor, about my about what I was going through. And he reminded me about in the book of Job, how which sounds a bit counterintuitive, but um, how at the beginning of Job, um, it said that Job had this hedge of protection around him from God, which obviously then got did get removed because of the story of what happened to Job. But mm. he said to me, you know, we all have that hedge of protection around us. It's mm. you know, it wasn't only Job, but and we can all have that. Why don't you pray and you know ask God to remind you and to give you that hedge of protection every day? And I did, and that really did help me to feel, you know, yeah, God is He's all around me. He is protecting me. Mm. so I think those things helped mm. and um you know as gradually time went on and I began to see God is providing for us I am all right and yeah. um things are working out so you know it was sort of gradual really yeah but, um, yeah, yeah I think that's got... quite a, a sort of common thing that uh, you know the combination of getting the professional help that you needed and and looking at the underlying causes you know in a, in a human sense um, and then having that prayer support and, and, and being able to, to pray honestly to God. I mean, that was great that in your faith, you'd already been taught that it was okay to say anything to God, you know, that you didn't have to hide it from him. That must have really helped um, that you were kind of in touch with him you know, through, yeah. the, through the mess, through the, through the, yeah. the suffering. Yeah. 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 yeah there oh, was one time when um, I'd been um, given a picture at the end of church, I'd gone up for prayer. So I, I basically just looked for all the kind of help I could get. Um, mm. Yeah. And I went up for prayer at the end of church and um, the lady said to me, I have a picture of um, that you're climbing up the side of a mountain on ropes mm -hmm. and Jesus is at the top mm -hmm. and your husband is at the bottom and you're just having to trust that between them they've got this and you've got to just do the climb and keep your eyes on Jesus that was the mm. picture and a few weeks although it was sort of comforting at the time mm. although I don't like heights <laughs> so, you know it's like <laughs> anyway um I remember once just saying to just almost, yeah, you know, throwing that back at God and saying, mm. I don't want to be on ropes. I don't want to be climbing. Yeah, right. yeah come send know. me a cable car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so um, mm. I, I think I was able to be very honest with God and he did mm. bring me through that time. Mm. Uh, and I did get to the point suddenly, it was almost like a penny dropping one day of, you know, I actually am safe. I, I know now I'm safe. Mm. But that and that was a massive moment for me. It doesn't mean that things aren't still uncertain. You know, we've gone through another big change recently with jobs mm -hmm. and stuff. But I've somehow just finally learned this lesson mm. somewhere deep inside me that whatever happens, I'm safe. And that's that's been a huge step forward for me. So and I praise God for that. Yeah, that's wonderful. 
Oh, thank you so much. I mean, you know, talking about honest questions, the series that we're looking at that just fits so well. Um, is there anything you want to plug while you're here? Um, I think you've started writing your blog again, and uh, I know that Dan's involved in things. Anything you want to you want to plug while you're here? Ooh, lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. How about two or three? <laughs> yeah. Well, my duty as a lecturer on staff at All Nations is to um, mm -hmm. just mention the All Nations courses. They do a whole range of different um, lengths of courses. You know, whether MA, BA level or just short courses you can join in with their short courses on various topics you know online you can do it purely online so and they're in all aspects of mission and outreach and christian life so do have a look at the all nations website for their courses um my husband runs something called gloucestershire theology school and he has courses as well that he can offer to churches and small groups so you could have a look at his website um, yeah, I don't know. My blog is mainly is sort of about books I read and things. So feel free to look it up. But um, it's just quite new at the moment. Brilliant. Yeah. Oh, that's Thanks, really good. Thank you. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for, for speaking to us. That's really wonderful. All right. You're really welcome. Thank you, Take Anita. Care. Thanks for inviting me. Bye. Bye bye. Bye. Brilliant. So I hopefully you found that as useful as I did uh, listening to and some interesting, really, uh, you know, to hear stories uh, from people, how real life engages with these questions and how people, you know, um, learning from other Christians about how they've kind of journeyed. What, what stood out to you, Anita, particularly as you were speaking to Rosie? I think it was the fact that, uh, um, as I said before, that she she grappled with God through it. She wasn't afraid to express her emotions to him and her anger to him. And I really liked it when she said, you know, um, you know, God, come on, you know, I've been sort of serving you on the mission field abroad for all these years. You know, isn't it time you kind of came through for us and gave us a bit of a break? And, uh, you know, I think yeah, anyone who has uh, um, worked full time for a church or in ministry of some sort or another, you know, could really relate to that. But of course, we're all we're all serving in ministry with with God just in different places. And there is that feeling sometimes of, you know, hey, God, you know, isn't it time I had a break? So I could really relate to that. And I thought other people could, too. Um, but I just really like the fact that she wasn't afraid to say what she thought to God, that she didn't hide from him. She, you know, she she went there uh, like when when uh, somebody prayed for her and she had that picture of being on the climbing ropes. And she's like, well, God, I don't want to be on the ropes. You know, it's all very well you saying, oh, you know, just keep your eyes on Jesus. But, you know, why do I have to be on the mountain in the first place? And um, so I really like that. Um, and I thought I could really relate to that. Um, yeah, I, I definitely can relate to that experience. Just so I think it's the cyclical nature sometimes of faith where we kind of go through highs and then we go through lows and we go valleys. And it's and it's often when I'm in the valleys, in the dips, where I'm like, well, I know I've been here before. God, why are you let me go through something like this again? And yeah. you know, off I often the experience of going through the tough and then coming up the other side helps me when I'm in the next valley. But it it does me leave me to question, you know, God, what what are you doing here? <laughs> and yeah, you know, over the last time, year, it's still as hard, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, and over the last year, it's certainly been a kind of time of, gosh, that's been a, it's a big valley <laughs> that we've been in as as a world and. Yeah, just trying to keep perspective and, but also, yeah, wrestling with God honestly. And I know, you know, speaking to people in church, beyond church, you know, people I think are asking some pretty deep questions and looking yeah. for answers and 
yeah, wrestling pretty honestly with God. Um, yeah, yeah. And I like the way that she, um, you know, she felt that she'd sort of come through it um, by a variety of things. You know, she got professional help, which in her case, you know, she obviously needed and was very wise. Um, she also, like, just searched for all of the opportunities she could get for prayer. She was, like, hungry for that. You know, I just need answers. I need help, you know. So she wasn't afraid to ask for help. Um, and, uh, you know, she got a prayer partner to to pray with her regularly. Um, and I really like the fact that because of her view of God already, it meant that she knew, you know, that he still cared. She knew that she could talk to him however she needed to. Um, so, you know, that was that was a real blessing, I think, that she was going through that time as, you know, from a position of strength, if you like, you know, previously, uh, strength in her faith in God, um, strength in the kind of knowing what kind of God he was, what yeah. kind of father he was. Um, so I really like that. Yeah. And I just love it when she said, she said, finally, at the end, um, she felt that the penny kind of dropped deep inside her somewhere. She said, I am safe. Um, I just thought that was amazing. Um, yeah. And, you know, she said, obviously, it doesn't mean that life is all hunky-dory now. But through that experience, she came to a, a, a deeper understanding of who God is and, and how he, you know, how he deals with her. So that I just thought that was really, really encouraging. Fantastic. Yeah. And I really hope people have been blessed by that. And we'll kind of, yeah, we'll carry that with us. But we thought now we'd have a conversation, the two of us, kind of digging more into this idea of doubting God, you know, both doubting his goodness and his faithfulness, but sometimes maybe dealing with questions around his silence, his absence, maybe even his existence at times. Um, and, uh, and I suppose a good place to always start is the Bible. If you were doubting God at the moment, Anita, where would hmm. you be looking to in, in scripture and how would you use it? Hmm. I think, um, I like like many people I'd I'd often start with the Psalms if I was you know feeling anxious or or upset with God or sort of angry or, or just confused because you can find in the Psalms somebody expressing pretty much any emotion you can get to think of can't you um and I always find it encouraging that they you know the, the people who wrote those Psalms felt able to question God in, in pretty brutal terms sometimes um so I, I just um you know was looking at something the other day Psalm 43 verse 2 um, you are God, my stronghold. So starting off with like, you know, saying, I do believe in you, God, and then saying, well, why have you rejected me then? You know, um, that feeling of, you know, well, I know you're a loving God. I know you're, you're, you're my protector. So, you know, where are you now, God? You know, um, and I think that, you know, often is something that I find really good to go to. It doesn't give the answers. Well, sometimes in the Psalm they do, but often they give all these answers of like, oh yes, I know you're still in control, God. And then at the end there's a little like, please help me <laughs> you know, in the last verse. <laughs> yeah. You know, which is just so human, isn't it? That we sort of, you know, we kind of convince ourselves, yeah, I'm okay. I'm, you know, I come through it. I know that God is there. And then suddenly, oh, it doesn't mean I'm not going to panic the next time I get in trouble, you know. Yeah, I think I think Psalms is a fantastic place to start. And it's it's really interesting. I, I think, so I, I studied Psalms quite a lot at college um, and quite a lot of the teaching was around how the church has kind of lost uh, the use of the Psalms, as, lo as is not using the Psalms, you know, is not understanding and not, you know, and, and one thing I think this pandemic has done is the church has needed to lament. Christians have needed to lament and so in, in doing so have found value in the Psalms in the way that maybe we haven't done because I think before this whole thing um, we didn't yeah you would know individual personal suffering like you know personal loss maybe personal illness 
But this is such, you know, this pandemic has brought around such a kind of corporate feeling mm. um, that then when we go to the Psalms, and yes, often they're written personally, but they're personally written for corporate use, if that makes sense. And sometimes they are written as a nation, uh, you know, and, and we are together able to find value in the Psalms. And it's, you know, Paul did his talk on suffering and why does God allow suffering and so much suffering? And he looked to the Psalms as well. That was his starting point. You know, how long, O oh Lord, must I wait? And that was kind of the kind of guiding thing for him. And at the beginning of lockdown, when we did the Bread for Today's, I remember Amy White talking about the Psalms and lament and all this kind right. of stuff. And I do wonder if you know, one of the positives to come out of this time is actually, you know, a spiritual depth there to engage with emotions that we weren't engaging with before. Do you mm, think that's fair? Mm. Yeah, definitely. I think um, because you want, on a Sunday morning, for example, you want people to feel uplifted in a service, there's a danger that you tend to gloss over the difficult bits or jump straight to the to the answers or jump straight to the sort of resolution of the issue. And I think, um, you know, with COVID, you know, patently obvious that we can't do that. Um, and I think that's helped people to think about that in their faith. Um, and I was thinking that I've been reading um, Job recently, and I never would have looked at Job much before, I don't think. I think I, I totally undervalued it as a book. Um, and I was looking at him because, you know, Job was somebody who it, it tells us at the beginning, you know, he was a blameless and upright man. And that wasn't just like man's opinion. That was God's opinion of him. Um but uh, all these disasters before him, this is kind of like an allegory, isn't it? Everything goes wrong for him, literally. Um, and his friends then sit around for what, 25 chapters or whatever, sort of telling him how it's all his fault. And, you know, well, obviously it can't be God's fault because God's perfect. He wouldn't make you suffer. So, you know, it must be, it must be your fault. You must have sinned or, you know, you must have got too big for your boots or whatever. And the job is going, no, I didn't. I didn't, you know, I haven't sinned more than anybody else. I'm a, I'm a blameless person. Um, and he gets really angry with God um, and, and ang angry with his friends. Um, and I found that re a really interesting place to think about questioning God, because actually when God finally speaks, he doesn't direct his anger really much at Job. He directs his anger at Job's so-called friends, you know, who've been sort of telling him all, all the 101 reasons why he needs to cheer up and get on with it. And, you know, how it's, it's um, you know, he just needs to accept the will of God and and he, you know, he must have been a sinful man. And, you know, they're the guys that, that God sort of blasts his anger at and says, mm. you know, basically what terrible um, supportive counsellors you've been. Yeah, <laughs> you know, they, they kind of broke every counselling rule in the book, didn't they? You know, <laughs> they, they kept saying, now stop talking, Job, and let me talk to you and tell you what you're doing wrong. You know? <laughs> I was going to say, because um, like in Rose's interview, um, you know, she obviously spoke to some really wise Christian people who gave her really helpful advice and, and gave her helpful things to do. Um, but, you know, if she'd been unlucky, she could have spoken to people who kind of basically told her she shouldn't be feeling like that. You know, you know you're a Christian. Why should, why should you be so anxious? You just need to trust in God. She, you know, she didn't get that. She obviously got people who really listened to her and, and was, you know, were thoughtful and helpful um, and prayed with her and listened with her. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I think Job could have done with a few more friends like Rosie's. <laughs> definitely, definitely. And, and I think, well, the Bible, again, it, it engages with this kind of idea of wrestling and doubting and questioning, you know, far better than maybe the church does often at times. And there's so many different link points in, I find, for people. Yeah. I was having a chat with Kathy Prosser, actually, after Paul's sermon. And she wasn't criticising Paul, but she was like, actually, she would look to completely different parts of the Bible for encouragement uh, as a woman. She wouldn't look to maybe quite Job as, Job's story quite as much as she might look to Hannah's story or mm. Rahab's story or um, even the story of Ruth and Naomi, 
and you know the stories of people in different life experiences different writings you know kind well of i was thinking in the gospels um it'd be interesting um you know, I was thinking of people in the Bible, in the Gospels who questioned Jesus. I know Jesus did a lot of the questioning, but um, Mary and Martha, you know, sprung to mind as two women who, you know, really questioned God and and mm. told told him exactly what they thought of him. You know, you know, if you'd been here, my brother wouldn't have died. You know, um, and he doesn't tell them off for that. It seems like the people who are closest to Jesus were the ones who questioned him. Uh, I mean, there are some people who question Jesus who obviously it was like an intellectual exercise. Or a way of justifying themselves. So, like the guy who says, "Oh, and who is my neighbour?" And it actually says in the text, doesn't it? This guy is only asking this question because he wants to look good. Um, and Jesus obviously, you know, proves that that kind of questioning was was you know he was way out of line. So when people ask questions because they want to trip Jesus up, obviously he's he you know he's angry with them. But when his friends ask questions, you know, he's very patient with them and and you know really deals with them. I think. Yeah, and you look at the story of that in 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 general you know you find a jesus who is not only okay with the questions but the one who walks alongside the pain and the struggle and weeps at the tomb and mm. yeah so powerful i just remember that that the kind of god we worship is the kind of god that worship weeps at you know when people suffer and die and and, and is not distant but is right there mm. in the midst of the pain and and with the with the wailers and the mourners <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah so kind of broadening, but the Bible is so, so helpful for us. And, but for people who, you know, maybe the Bible just seems too big to kind of read all of it or, you know, maybe you've got uh, kind of new to it. What other resources um, have you found helpful or could you recommend um, to kind of, you know, if what have been helpful for you as you've kind of doubted God or wrestled with mm. God? Yeah, I think the best resource is always people. <laughs> um, people before books for me. Um, and the most significant thing probably for me has been having people to pray with. So in the way that Rosie was saying, you know, she had a friend who prayed with her regularly. Um, I, I'm in a prayer triplet. Um, I've been in prayer partnerships and triplets, you know, over the years. Some formal, some just, you know, just when we ring each other up and say, you know, have a girl chat and then we just pray together at the end. Um, so I think having people you could you can be with and you can walk through it with you um, and pray with you is just invaluable. So that would be the first place I would start. So if you want to know more about that, um, you haven't got you could you can think of people to ask and just ask them and join one, start one. Um, but if you really don't know much about that, then do ask us about it and we can we can uh, see if we can pair you up with yeah, and a I couple think, of other people. I think the thing about prayer triplets or people you pray with, like you might have a friend who you pray with occasionally. Or when you're at church together, you might say a quick prayer with one another. But actually, sometimes be, having those people who we are, we both, you know, you have that conversation and you're intentional about, no, yeah. we will meet regularly and we will pray for each other regularly and we will talk to each other regularly. You know, um, my son's godfather is someone who, you know, we try and catch up regularly and chat and mm. pray together through various issues and we'll talk about everything in life. Um, yeah. And I think especially for men, you know, often we can be really kind of guarded with what we're going through and we, we ignore the elephant. We just carry on doing life. Um, but sometimes there's a real power in chatting and praying with people. And I'm, I know that's horribly gener generic and there are plenty of men who completely don't agree, don't do that. And I'm sure there are women who do uh, do that as well. But the reality is, you know, we need to grapple yeah. with these questions and, and sometimes deal with the elephant 
Uh, and the best way, yeah, I agree, is praying with other people. But are there any, um, you know, you say you'd rather people than books, but are there anything that you've kind of, you know, maybe books or the odd sermon or something that you, you know, has really struck you and why did it strike you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I've started this year doing, um, I put the app on my phone called Lectio 365, which comes from the um, 24-7 prayer movements. And uh, although Lectio is a Latin word, it's uh, kind of, it's all very simple. Basically, it means it gives you a little daily reading and, and prayer every day and you can listen to it. So it's really soothing because they've all got really soothing voices. Um, and it just sort of centers you and calms you at the beginning of the day and uh, gives you a piece of scripture to think about and, and, and a message. I'm finding that really good. Last year, I did uh, the Bible in one year with Nikki Gumbel. And so there are loads of those kind of things you can do. Um, you can put the Bible U version onto your phone and then you can find little um, uh, series again where they'll give you a Bible reading every day and, and some thoughts and questions. So any of those kind of things are really helpful. Um, I've been listening to a thing called The Bible Project, which is from a church in Portland, Oregon. Um, they do videos about all the books in the Bible and different issues but they also release podcasts uh, where they discuss the issues about whatever it is they're going to make the videos about. Um, and they are fantastic. So they're, they're, if you're wanting to understand the Bible more um, and you've got questions about various parts of it, they're just brilliant. They're, they're so, um, well, they're so scholarly, but also so down to earth, you know. Yeah. Um, I, really like well, I, love, I love the fact that their they're videos you know as someone who has now got a theo- uh, you know a masters in theology their videos kind of are that high bar and yet they're mm. done through cartoons yeah really <laughs> and they're so yeah. relatable and understandable yeah. and i and i think that, you know i think often the church can make things overly academic yeah. um and these are taking but uh, these are taking kind of in in inverted commas deep thinking high you know academic mm. thoughts but the reality is everyone the Bible is there for everyone, and that's um, brilliant. I really love their stuff. So we've kind of talked about, you know, our thinking behind this series, and you know why we did it, and where people might be at the moment. But kind of looking forward, you know, where are we going in the future? Obviously, we can't promise anything as we don't know what next week will look like, let alone uh, the next few months. But you know, where where do you see us as a church going forward? you know, with this questioning series. I know we've talked about this as a team. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I think we're hoping to maybe broaden it later in the year to start asking people in the community what are, what are their big questions. Um, so we've been primarily looking at these things from the point of view of somebody who has faith in God and, and you know, what do we do when that's shaken or, you know, how do we deal with issues like that? Um, it would be really amazing if we could look at some of the questions that the community has Mm. um and uh and start to you know start to sort of walk alongside them through grappling with those as well mm. so i don't quite how we're going to do that but <laughs> that's um an idea that we've got isn't it yeah and i think i think the the idea the kind of vision is to you know we're, we're, yeah like you say kind of equipping and de- to addressing the needs and the questions of our church at the moment so then mm. we can then turn and look to the questions of others both christians and non-christians yeah, um, yeah, you know, and that might be that we look at apologetics type stuff. So apologetics being the kind of word used for kind of defending Christianity against objections, perhaps. Mm. Um, it maybe people are asking these questions from a different angle, a non-Christian angle, but also 
how do we support others, you know, if they're having these questions? Obviously, we've talked about some of these things with prayer triplets and, you know, but what would you say if, you know, how can we support others who are going through a time of questioning and struggle themselves? Mm, I think the first thing is to make sure people feel that it's okay. You know, we started off by saying, is it okay to question God? Some people aren't sure of that. So I think the first thing is to say, yes, it is okay. Um, And not to make them feel like, oh, they have to hide it or, you know, there's something wrong with their faith or wrong with them. I think that's really important. And, you know, obviously, you know, I I joked about uh, Job's friends listening, you know, is really key, isn't it? You know, giving somebody space to explain, you know, where they're coming from, what their feelings are, um, you know, what their doubts are. Um, And uh, and then to pray with them, you know, we sometimes, uh, you know, a, a Bible verse can be something you can really hang on to. I know Rosie said in her interview that, you know, she found it really helpful that, that people prayed that she had one positive thing to think about every morning that would sort of pop into her mind when she first woke up and that would stop her from getting too anxious. You know, there is really sort of specific ways we can pray for each other um, that, uh, you know, specific things that they need that would help them. So that comes from a lot of listening, doesn't it? If you realise realize that the early morning is the time that they're most worried or whatever it might be, you know, you can you can pray specifically that God would help them through that particular time or give them that particular thing they need. And I think the more specific you can be in your prayers, then the more you will you can all be encouraged when you can see it works. Um, so yeah, perfect. Well, I think we're going to have to leave it there. Um, but before we do, I, I'm I'm going to Anita. I wonder if you could pray for people listening. I think the key thing that is kind of guiding my prayers as you know as a minister and and as both of us as we minister to people in the congregation is we're looking for and we're praying for people to have that 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 penny drop moment like Rosie did isn't it so I wonder if you could mm. just pray for um people as we finish mm, sure heavenly father we thank you that you are always with us even when we can't sense it even when we can't understand We pray that you would give us insight and wisdom directly through your words, through the prayers and the the kindness of others. We pray that we would keep battling through these things with you, not to feel that we have to turn our back on you or that you've turned your back on us, but help us to battle with you and get through it with you. We pray that we might come through this time stronger in you and closer to you than we were before. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your protection. We pray that each person listening would know your love and your presence with them very dearly and very closely in this moment now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So there we go. I really hope today's episode has blessed you uh, in your own kind of wrestling with this question and, you know, this topic. Uh, A reminder that we upload our sermons every single week to our podcast channel and you can listen to it there. Uh, Please do subscribe, share it around. Let's get uh, this out there as much as we possibly can. Next month, we're hoping to do an episode on Sabbath. What does Sabbath look like in the year 2021? And I'm really interested to see where that discussion goes. But for now, take care. God bless. Goodbye.